Hey, y'all. Sam here. I have a favorite to ask of all you dear listeners. We on the show here, we're like a little over two years old. And you know when a baby gets to be a toddler, things start changing. They start walking, exploring, talking more, using language, showing personality, etc. This show is doing that as well. We're going to begin to make some changes, and we want your input as we grow. So there's a survey. I want you to fill it out. Go to npr.org slash samsurvey and answer all the questions. Thank you. Now we can get to the show. Hey, y'all, from NPR, I'm Sam Sanders. It's been a minute. This week on the show, actress Regina King. She has been in the biz since she was 13, way back in the day. You may remember her role as Brenda Jenkins on the classic NBC sitcom 227. What's your homework? I have to write a composition for English class. My most interesting ancestor. After that... Regina King just kept on working. John Singleton movies like Boys in the Hood and Poetic Justice, other movies like Ray, consistent TV work, voiceovers and shows like The Boondocks. Regina King stayed busy and kept making good stuff. Well, decades into her career now, the industry is finally giving her the accolades many folks think she should have had all along. Regina King won two Emmys for her work on the ABC drama American Crime in 2015 and 2016, And this year, she won an Oscar for her performance in the Barry Jenkins film, If Bill Street Could Talk. She is out this month with a new show on HBO called Watchmen. It's inspired by the graphic novel of the same name. The show deals with issues of race and policing, a lot of things that we're dealing with right now in America. But Watchmen on HBO does this thing where it flips traditional notions of race and class and policing on its head to make its point. We talk about that show and why Regina King gravitates towards work that is consistently dealing with racial bias. All right, we start this conversation at NPR West together with Regina King a bit distracted by her phone. You'll hear what I mean in a bit. Also, listeners, there's some foul language that we've bleeped in the first part of this conversation. Okay, here it is. Enjoy. All right, Sam. All right. Off this on energy zapper. You know? Mm-hmm. What's your phone etiquette like? Because my rule now is I don't do push notifications for anything. Oh, I've never really done push Good. notifications. Good. Well, no, no. I take that back. Um, I realized push notifications were... Because, like, when you get your phone, I guess uh-huh. it's kind of programmed to automatically do I that. Well, yeah. yeah. So my <laughs> was dinging all the time and, like... <laughs> I really couldn't feel like much. I mean it's like dinging for things like oh, yeah. Pinterest exactly like, I'm like, what and the you're hell? like what yeah so they're all off and oh, they've been good. all off for years yeah yeah you have yeah. to do it that way I mean it's yeah. just like it'll suck you in it feels yeah. like one these things have shortened our attention spans one hundred percent but two there's just so much random stuff on the internet to get sucked into to get sucked in I I I'm really trying to be better at looking at social media, mm-hmm. you know, looking at your feed mm-hmm. and not having a visceral reaction to something. <laughs> Teach me your ways. I, I, I have not, <laughs> I've not mastered it yet because they've managed to pop in like tweets or something yeah. or Instagram posts from things, people you don't follow. Oh, yeah. And things you should not care about. You should not care about. Or that I get in my feelings like, why is there a National Pancake Day? Like, I, oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> why are we doing why, this? Why are we doing this? Why, yeah. why, why, oh, yeah. why are we doing oh, yeah. this? But then you've also Googled National Pancake, pancake Day. Day. Yes. And you're like, well, what's the most popular pancake? pancake I want to yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, Who invented pancakes? Where'd they come from? And then on the flip side... I understand National Tequila Day. So what does that say about <laughs> <Exactly>. me? <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. I mean, thinking big picture about that, this internet media landscape, is it harder as someone who makes TV or movies to get the attention you want these days? Because when you're making 227 back in the day, you're one of a handful of networks. They got you in a good time slot. You are watched. Yes, yes. And now... You are not just putting TV on the TV. You're putting TV into that Internet world full of distraction. And you are trying to be someone's international pancake day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm trying to be the number one trending thing. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it is difficult. And, yeah. and it's difficult to be okay in my spirit about that. You know, yeah. th- that's that's the thing that I find myself um you know, that's that's the tug within me. Like, I feel like, yes, I need to understand that we are in a different day and age, that mm-hmm. this is the time where social media is what you use to uh, promote yeah. a project or yeah. a cause or whatever. But the reality is I'm not um, really consistent. Mm-hmm. And what I do notice is, you know, you have to be on there consistently feeding it so that you can break through National Pancake Day (laughs) and and everything else, Yeah, you know? But also, it's like you are an actress first, and I'm guessing you want to spend more time on the craft than... than, Yeah, but I got to tell you, I'm so impressed um, with those artists that are able to be on there like all the Mm -hmm. time and and posting every single day several times a day and manage to be really great at their craft. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever be good (laughs) at that. And what I will say is I'm okay with that now. I have gotten to that place (laughs) that I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. But you know what you do have? Yeah. An Oscar. (laughs) That part, right? That part. Right. I mean, so like there is also this kind of thing where like it is interesting to see you in this moment making the stuff that you're making because as someone who's been a fan and been watching you for a while it feels like something in the last two three four years you are functioning and your career is functioning like on all cylinders mm. does, I, do, does it feel it does watching you it feels that no way? it does feel that okay. way and i feel like there, there a lot of experiences have taken place mm-hmm. to lead to this moment as yeah. with anyone's life yeah but i think i've been very good at um, learning from my mistakes, okay. you know, not uh, repeating them, mm-hmm. um, uh, growing mm-hmm. from uh, my mistakes yeah. or or just circumstances yeah. that have taken place. Yeah. And I do feel like I, I move with more confidence mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. especially in the past, you yeah. know, seven, eight years. Yeah. I think being a mother huh. had a lot to do with um, getting me to that space without actually thinking about it, without Explain. consciously. Explain. Um, because I have another life that I'm responsible <laughs> for. And, and, and that's like the number one priority. Mm-hmm. And, and the reality of 
because I'm my son is an only child. Okay. So the reality that not only is he an only child, I'm mm-hmm. an only mom. I'm you yeah. know. So yeah. I'm learning it just, just as he like we're he growing is. together. Yeah. And that growing together and learning uh through his eyes mm-hmm. allowed me to think in a more selfless way or yeah. well, or and also it, you don't you have less time to get caught up with the petty. The with yeah. Yeah. Exactly. In in thinking of like gaining that confidence, being a little better, just being you in this world and in your craft, it almost feels like you would not have been ready for a role like The Watchmen a few years ago. I wouldn't have been ready for a lot of things. Okay. You know, like a lot of people ask me, um, first of all, I believe that uh, I, I love the saying that uh, we make plans and God laughs. Yeah. You know yeah. that there is there. It yeah. does not get more oh, yeah. true than that. Yeah, and God is a Netflix comedy special. <laughs> like, <laughs> wow, I'm telling you. Like just yes, and yeah. and, and and thank God you can look at it. Uh-huh. <laughs> thank you, God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I'll have people ask me. You know, do you feel like um, you were uh, you you should have been recognized here or should have mm-hmm. been recognized there, mm-hmm. and. When I think about that, I think about would I have, let's just take the Oscar for instance, would I have received it the way I received it now? Mm. Like now, it's, I think if it may have happened years ago, It, I probably would have received it like, okay, I've done it all now. <laughs> you know, now what? Yeah. Whereas now, I know that that is so not even kind of huh. close to the huh. tip of the iceberg. Huh. While it is a wonderful feather in your cap, it's seeing it as, okay, this is great currency. Huh. To, for the next. For the next, yeah, yeah. Huh. And, you know, for me... That was happening while I was shooting Watchmen. Oh, really? So yeah. you were still working in so, the midst yeah, of all of so, it. Yeah, so I was prepared at this time in my life to be able to be doing yeah. all of that. At and once. At once, yeah. yeah. Which I don't know that if that would not, would've, it yeah. wouldn't have been the case earlier. earlier on, no. What gives you that core emotionally? Um, is my, it Jesus? Is it what? What is it? I, I, Jesus, praise <laughs> Jesus. Um, yes, it is my spiritual uh, base, my okay. foundation, and that came from my mother. Okay, you know that's. I mean, it's really as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Just when you are in the womb and you have just everything surrounding you mm-hmm. is spiritually in tune. Okay, you know, and yeah. that's you know my mother, my grandmother. Okay, my. It's. It was just in the DNA. Almost. It's in the DNA. Yeah. 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 Because I'm guessing you float around an industry full of people that don't have that inner peace and that are just rolling dervishes of nervousness. I suppose that can be frustrating. I've interviewed a lot of folks where they're not at peace, and I can tell. Yeah. And I can see it, and I can hear it, and I can feel it, and right. I'm just like, oh, you're very talented and very engaging, but. Yeah, but bless I wish your you heart. Peace. Yeah, yeah, bless your heart. Yeah, bless yeah. your heart. But I feel like I encounter that in life, period. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just not in <laughs> yeah. this industry. Like, even like as simply, something as simple as, you know, you can feel that energy oh, like when yeah. you're in the grocery store. Oh, yeah. You know, somebody like, Why are you in line. Like yeah, that? you're like, ooh, ooh, okay. <laughs> 
I'm happy I'm not you. Yeah. Yeah, let me <laughs> get out this Trader Joe's. Yeah, 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 let me get out of this TJ's yeah. right quick. Yeah. Yeah, so um I I think I'm 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 cognizant to yeah. that energy when mm-hmm. it's around me and um I'm also very in tune to when the opposite is yeah. around me. When that good vibes are around you, you know how like you fall into that conversation with mm-hmm. somebody. You're like, oh my and, God, I like yes, you. and you never see that person again. Yeah. But you walk away from that moment with You're a blessed. smile. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. call them gift days, okay. gift moments. Yeah, yeah. I like yeah. that. When we come back, Regina Keene tells me more about her new HBO show, Watchmen, and what it means to come to the table for difficult conversations about race. BRB. The following message comes from our sponsor, Weston Hotels and Resorts. Chris Heisler, Global Run Weston Concierge for Weston Hotels and Resorts, knows that when it comes to travel, wellness isn't one size fits all. Weston recognizes that wellness is different to everybody. Whether it's meditating in the morning, having a cup of coffee, and then going for a run, great. But wellness to you could be making sure you get nine hours of sleep, having a full breakfast. That's wellness to you. So our new Eat Well menu is created with balance and responsibility in mind. We've got tier in all of our gyms now. Our gyms are open 24 hours. We have gear lending at all of our hotels. Weston believes that wellness is a holistic approach. We try to anticipate the guest needs, whether it's helping them move better, sleep better, eat better on the road. Explore at Weston.com, a member of Marriott Bonvoy. This week on Code Switch, a history that haunts the Florida panhandle. One of the most infamous lynchings in America happened in my town, Mariana, Florida. Spending two years working on this story completely changed the way I saw race in America. Listen and subscribe to NPR's Code Switch. So the show, Watchmen... Give me your elevator pitch in 30 seconds, and then I'll come in with mine. First of all, this is an elevator pitch if you're on a local elevator in the Empire State Building. So (laughs) (laughs) that's it. like a time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Okay. Okay. (laughs) So it is a show that comes from source material. The comic books. um, The comic books. It uses the source material as if it's the Bible. Yeah. It is the Bible of this alternate universe okay and in this alternate universe we have picked up for those who are fans of the book we've picked up 30 years from when that book ended okay and we are while like that book dealt with the threat of cold war Mm -hmm. in this story our biggest fear is um racism Mm. and policing sounds like my life yes (laughs) You know, yeah, and I mean, I thought that was so smart for Damon to choose yeah. that as that that backdrop, yeah. that imminent fear. Mm-hmm. Also, the show is like a gumbo of genres. Okay, so you have sci-fi, you have romance, mm-hmm. you have humor, mm-hmm. you have real historical events that will be oh yeah happening. The on open the show. is the Tulsa race riot. Yes, so you're given history too. Yes, you, and, and that's one of the things that I thought when I first read the script. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> your character in this show. I want to describe it accurately. You and there's layers to the character. It is. It's like mm. so. Your character is a former police officer. I think we can say that she's a police officer, but she is operating 
undercover mm-hmm. as a police officer because um, a certain series of events have taken place mm-hmm. that has led the police department in Tulsa mm-hmm. to police in a way that their identities are hidden. So the, you, you, all these police officers are wearing masks. Yes. On patrol. On patrol. Which is weird to see already. It, already. Yeah. And then the detectives, mm-hmm. their uniform, mm-hmm. if you will, is individual to if not one detective's. Where is the same so, thing? Where's the same thing? Huh. So Angela Abar is uh, who I play. To me, she kind of represents all of us. Mm. In the way I say that, because in the first episode, you get to see three different masks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, and that's kind of um, how we move mm. in real life. To the you world. know, who we are at the family reunion it's is different. different than who we are at home mm-hmm. with the immediate family. Yeah. Than who we are at work. Than who we are at work. that gets on a nurse. Exactly. You know? Yeah. You know? So yeah. um, we're always constantly um, changing masks. And sometimes we get confused on which one we should have on. Oof. Through Angela, we kind of explore ah. all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Through, through Angela, through story. So this show... That is asking us to grapple with big questions about policing, but in a way where everything's flipped on its head. The racial hierarchy seems to be flipped. The relationship between cops and civilians seems to be flipped. When you think about using a show like that to get at these big central questions of American life, does it work better or differently than a show that is perhaps more what we see every day. You've done other shows about race and policing Mm -hmm. that seem specifically of this moment Mm -hmm. and like scenes from our lives. Mm -hmm. This is a show with questions about policing and crime and race, but it is set in a world that feels very much not this one. Mm -hmm. How do you think about the way that those shows make us ask those questions or answer them when one is set in this world and one is not? Right. That's a great question. Because I'm just thinking about just myself as an audience member Mm -hmm. that I do feel like I receive things that are provocative or that makes me want to talk about them later Mm -hmm. when there's humor involved. Yeah. So I guess this is very similar in that way. Yeah. Like, for example, um, um, I saw Slave Play. Okay. Um, ooh. I need to. I've I've been hearing. <laughs> ooh, child, <laughs> man! But that's a perfect example yeah. of what you know. I'm talking about. Yeah. You know the the and 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 similar to Watchmen in a way that, like, I don't. No one knows. They're going in not knowing what to expect. Yes. yes. I don't want to uh, people to. I don't want to say. I hope that you feel this. Yeah. I want you to walk out of there or, or come off your couch, take it in, mm-hmm. and just be honest about what you feel. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. and and that's really yeah the best we can do as yeah. artists. You yeah. know, having the opportunity to contribute to a conversation yeah. Yeah. to force the viewer to be honest about what they're feeling. Yes. Yeah. A theme in your recent work that I've noticed. You deal with notions of the police state 
and crime and race and policing. Mm-hmm. I am guessing you taking roles over time that speak to that is not by accident. I don't think that they are. I, 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 this is going to sound crazy, Sam. Yeah, yeah. I don't feel like I'm actively looking for these stories. Mm-hmm. But I will say that if the story moves me, mm-hmm. then it moves me and feels like it's rooted in truth. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a comedy, yeah. then I'm attracted to it. Yeah. I will say because I have been on this earth for 48 years and so much of that is part of my experience Mm -hmm. being black in America. Yeah. Subconsciously and consciously, (laughs) I can't help but be attracted to it. it. I can't help it. You know, so it's it's not that I'm out there like only send me these projects. Uh It's like, you know, five or six things will hit my desk Mm -hmm. and That'll just be the one that my heart says. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it also feels like we're in this moment where the real world cannot figure out race and policing. We can't figure it out. Politicians can't figure it out. Yeah. Uh, Protesters can't figure it out. And, like, sometimes it feels like the only way to actively work through this stuff is through the creative arts. Oh, 100%. And also, I think a big reason why you can't figure it out is because if you're trying to revise the past Mm. if you're actively not trying to learn Mm -hmm. about the past Mm -hmm. or differences then we're never going to get to a space where we have enough people that can be solution-based yeah and and i say that to say that it's not just only uh white people Mm. you know having a reckoning mm-hmm. is black people understanding that this is the case yeah so how do we move in a way that's solution based to help that reckoning yes. come sooner yeah you know? well i mean like it, it's 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 the question between allowing yourself to be angry all the time or allowing yourself to be solution based right and those sometimes that goes together but oftentimes it's two different things yeah and oftentimes you know, we have a lot to be angry about for good reason, but 100%. how does my anger serve a solution? And that's the biggest thing right there. Mm-hmm. It's like um, when you come to the table mm-hmm. with differences, mm-hmm. the first thing you have to do is understand that we both have anger and pain. Yes, and we both feel righteous in that in anger, that and, anger pain. and pain. Yes. So how can we converse or... I, I keep using the word solution-based because yeah. we've been talking for a long time. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know, exactly. how, how do we get to a place where we have forward movement and not lateral movements mm-hmm. um, without triggering the anger and the pain and, making, and, and letting that speak for us? Exactly. And when I say this, I'm saying it because I am working at it as well. Yeah. You know, this is yeah. something that I think we're all working through. And I think for so many people, it's terrifying mm-hmm. to consider coming to that table and being honest about how you feel. Yeah. That's terrifying. Oh, yeah. No matter what you look like, mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. And how can we do that with respect? Yeah. That's yeah. the hardest part. It's hard because it's hard to sometimes um, want to respect someone that seems to be refusing who you are. Yes, your personhood. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. In studio with actress Regina King, when we come back, she tells me why she is always proud to be an American, especially right now. 
Maddie Safaya here, host of a new daily science podcast from NPR called Shortwave. This week, the first all-female spacewalk. We got to talk to both of those astronauts in space. We have you loud and clear, NPR. Listen for that and subscribe to Shortwave from NPR. When it comes to your work that deals with race and crime and policing and race relations in America, what do you hope folks that have followed your body of work on that subject take from seeing you in those roles over the last several years? Hmm. This is going to sound cheesy, but I guess overall, I'm grateful to be American. You know, I, I mean, mm. I, I truly am. Yeah. And, be, and because I am yeah. is the reason why I, I guess I'm gravitating to these stories. Yeah. And I hope that through um, as difficult as it is, that you can still find pride, even with all the ugliness yeah. that comes with the history yeah. of America. You know, this that that's a I, I kind of feel like in a lot of ways, not to pat myself on the back, <laughs> but that's very brave to say that I'm proud to be an American yeah. in especially right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And part of me being proud is because I do um recognize how ugly mm. America mm-hmm. can be and has been. And still is in some ways. And still yeah. But I'm also a person that finds the beauty in the bruises. Uh. I just feel like I can't love me and mm-hmm. not um, be grateful mm-hmm. for all, all that's brought yeah. me to be right yeah. here. Yeah. So that sounds like really granola. No. And, I get it. But it's, I get it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so part of loving America, and people will say this when they're protesting about things that America is doing, part of loving your country is wanting it to be better. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And loving your mean, child. Is yes. your chi- loving your parents. or you yeah. Know, yeah. Loving a child is not never saying to them, you did this thing wrong or you can right. do that better. Loving your child is saying, I want to help you be the best you can be. Yeah. And that wasn't that right. Wasn't what it. You, yeah, that wasn't exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. so, like, you can do the same thing with your country. Mm-hmm. And it is, it is, it is. I think it's particularly vital to see those conversations happening in work like yours, because in so many other spheres of public life, <clears throat> that candid work is just not happening. And it feels so, noisy, right? It just feels noisy right, right now. Yes. And, you know, and th- that's uh, that. And you know, when we were first talking, and we were talking about anxiety, yeah. that comes up. I think that the noise just makes you so anxious. Yes, which is why it's 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 as weird as it sounds. It is refreshing to watch this dystopian show of yours <laughs> because it allows me freedom from that, and I can just focus on a story that is going to make me ask some bigger questions. Some bigger questions, yeah. You know, yes. One hundred percent. Because going back to talking about trying to ask questions and have um, a discussion and not lead with pain. Mm-hmm. When with a show like Watchmen, I think yeah. it, it can it takes some of that rawness out. Yes, yeah. It is. It is an interesting time to see art about this hard stuff happen yeah. because I think like. If it's not happening there, it's not happening anywhere else, unfortunately. Yeah, anywhere I agree. Else. Mm. I agree. Anyway, uh, you're a director yourself. Yes. How? I love that. 
I do, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's the kind of thing where you have built a career big enough now where you don't have to do that. Yeah. You could do these movies, do these TV shows, get them checks, and go home to your kid. It seems like asking to direct, and you do it a lot, a fair amount. You're asking for more work. What made you want to do it? Well, um, I, I've always, saying it out loud, mm-hmm. wanted to direct because, one, I early on in my career, had the opportunity to work with amazing directors and continue to now. And I've also worked with directors that realize, ooh, what not to do. Mm-hmm. You know, like I would say, um, I'll take it all the way back to 227. Okay. Back then on uh, television shows, you have other directors that would come in, but you'd have your main director that would direct most of Mm -hmm. the shows. Mm -hmm. And we had an amazing director, Garen Keith. Okay. Look him up. He just directed with such um, grace, Mm. but strength. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you're 13, 14 years old, Mm -hmm. things are making an impact on you, and you a lot of times don't even realize that's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I did not even reflect on the impact that Garen had made on me until I started directing as, you know, an adult. And so I can take it all the way back to there, that, that, that Garen... Cameron Crowe, John Singleton, like all of these people along Uh the way just left a little something with Uh me. And um, just watching them work and I love working with people. And when I began to understand just how much the director was doing um, outside of the time I'd be on set Uh with the director, I really got to learn that when not until I was... uh, At this point, I had made it an open statement Mm. that I want to direct, which was terrifying in itself because I wanted – my concern was that people would think it was a vanity thing Mm. because at that time, a lot of actors were starting to do that and and they would direct one thing and never direct again. Mm -hmm. But I really wanted to do it. So Mm -hmm. um, Christopher Chulak, who was a producer – and, uh, and our main director on Southland mm-hmm. allowed me to start shadowing him. Nice. And so when I saw how galvanizing it was, mm. all the people that he works with. Yeah, yeah. And, you're and commanding the troops. Yeah, yeah, it really made me go, oh my gosh, <laughs> yes, this is yeah. right up my alley. Yeah. And um, yeah, so they just kind of... Uh, started uh, opening up there, and then my son is now a young adult, okay. so I have more time. Yeah, <laughs> to do it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. One of the things I like about you and your approach to directing and producing, because you have your own production, uh, production company, company as well. Yeah. yeah, you've said that you want to make sure that your projects have at least fifty percent women. Mm-hmm. That's ambitious. It is ambitious. Has it been harder or easier to get to that than you thought it would be? Hard. Okay. Uh, yeah, and I, I actually, you know, I, I knew that it was going to be hard. I, I led with, it's not going to be easy. Um, I probably should have kept that to myself, did it, and then said, <laughs> look, look what, what I, I did. did. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, here's the thing. The beautiful thing is more people are working now, yeah. you know, because we have so many different outlets. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it's harder to... So, so, for with one particular department, uh-huh. you know, finding myself, uh, we finding our backs against the wall. Really, and um, 
Yeah. It's the reality, mm-hmm. you know. Well, and it's this kind of vicious cycle because you need everyone to have enough experience to do it. Yeah. But you know the ones that you want to get from marginalized backgrounds are the most likely to have the least experience because they were shut out systemically right. for so long. So we're taking – there are a lot of positions that we're bringing people on that don't have the experience, but they do have the passion. Mm-hmm. They do have the background yeah. as far as uh, the the education. Yeah. You know? And they'll learn. And they'll learn. They'll get on the yeah. set with you. You'll yeah. teach them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's what, what's – also been wonderful in this process is part of when you're meeting um, department heads and mm-hmm. you know you ask I ask the question well yeah. don't know if you saw the Golden Globes but <laughs> um, I said something that um, we need to know as a team that you subscribe to yeah. and that you are going to do everything in your interest as you're building out your department mm-hmm. to have it reflect that that, yeah. that parity 50% is, women yeah. yeah and um it's everyone. They uh, all say yes? Yeah. Okay, that's know? good. And I don't feel like they're saying yes because they want the job. <laughs> okay. Um, they, they I feel like they it. genuinely okay. um, want to see that as well. They want to be, we would, uh, everyone involved thus far wants to be part of the narrative that cut oh, yeah. to next year we can say, Parody. we did it. Yeah. Yeah. But it'll be on yeah. that, that side, side of the conversation yes, than the other. other side, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So we, we, we hope that we'll have the opportunity to say that. Yeah. Yeah, in yeah. a few months. Yeah. yeah. Officially, how long have you been in the biz? You started 227 when you were, what, 13? 13. I shot the pilot at 13. Wow. So as a, what, you know, I was going to acting school and doing plays and things like that prior to that. Mm-hmm. So I'll be 49 okay. in January. Okay. And your birthday marks the, the last day of, of that, that year. year. Okay. So, so it's been, yeah. yeah, 36 36 years. years. Yeah. When did you know that you wanted to do this? Um, probably in college, you know. But you were doing it before I was doing college. it before, but I wanted to be a dentist. Wait, I wanted what? To be, I know. So then who got you on 227 at 13? Um, I was, I, I was always a fan of the arts, okay. you know. Um, the thing, like, living in L.A. is uh, while our, one of our biggest exports, exports yeah. is Hollywood, mm-hmm. um, it's still not as as far as the in all of the arts. It's not like New York yeah. in that sense that yeah. it's you know just bubbling with you know all different types of arts. Mm-hmm. But my mother, being a teacher, mm-hmm. whenever anything came to L.A., you know. We're going. She got. We are going. Okay. You know, when Eartha Kitt came in Timbuktu, <laughs> okay. we were going. Alvin yeah. Ailey okay. in town, Dance Theater of Harlem in town, we were going. Yeah. So, you know, she started that um, mm-hmm. excitement very early on. What of your work has she enjoyed the most? Oh, gosh. That would probably be a question that you have to ask her. But I think there is a certain amount of pride that probably came along with Bill Street because yeah. it was James Baldwin's work. Yeah. And again, being a teacher and, yeah. and just who James Baldwin is and what he means to us as mm-hmm. Americans. Yeah. And I say as Americans. Yeah. I think it's very important to yeah. uh, uh, say that. I think it holds a special I place in it. her heart. I love it. I was so looking forward to this conversation, and I was not disappointed. This was a delight and a joy. Thank you. What I didn't tell you before we talked is my mother's name is Regina. (sighs) 
She's a queen. She's a queen. Literally, wow, it means queen. It does. Oh, man. I'm so grateful for this. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate thank it. Thank you. Thanks again to actress Regina Kane. Back in your feeds Friday with our weekly wrap of all the news and stuff. Till then, thank you for listening. Talk soon.